All right, Ahlan Nadine Mizher. It's so good to have you here. Thank you, Yazan. It's uh, great to be here. It's our common friend, Hana Shashaa, who is the recent hire at, uh, at your company, Sarwa. Yeah. Me too. Uh, we have such a small such a small world, uh, a lot of common friends. Ooh, since okay. we're talking about Hana, maybe a quick shout out to Hana and Muhammad Jordani. Congratulations. They recently Mabruk, got engaged. Mabruk. It's uh, really great news. I mean, I heard about it today, but I'm very, very happy for her. Yeah, I only heard about it today as well. I think everyone heard about it. <laughs> I'm super, super happy. He's a lovely guy. Same. Obviously, she is one of my, she's like a sister to me. And Alf, Alf, Mabruk. So, so good to have you here. I'm very is joining Sarwa and what Sarwa does. Which is, we're going to talk a lot about it in the episode. Um, قلت هاي الاب تحديدا سروة لواحد انا بلشت الكريدة تبعتي ب 2007 يعني when I was 22 uh, كنت طايش يعني من عمري 22 لعمري 30 يمكن شو ما عملت مصاري وقد ما I got promotions وترقيت وكذا I always found a way to save, spend my money and I wasn't a very good saver. It's a kind of app that I was hoping to have come across when I was younger. In my career in Dubai, so that to help me manage my wealth and to to kind of basically, إحنا أظن كعرب يعني مقارنة بأصحابنا اللي بأوروبا وأمريكا وشوي بعزائين ونصرف كتير. فواحدة من الشغلات قبل ما نبلش نحكي عن كيف هاو سارو ووركس and your role in it and so on. You live in Dubai. You're you're a professional woman who works in Dubai. Who's also a mother, right? Absolutely. savings. What is it about the qualities that you have experienced as a professional, now as a mother, also as in your role as Sarwa? And why are we in Dubai? Somehow, one way or another, we are not saving. Have you ever thought about that? Um, or have you had any observations about this particular topic? Yeah, of course. Not only do we think about it, we don't think about it, but we also see what are the actually research studies behind it. In general, yes, and we as a society, as a culture, we're more of a spending culture, not a saving culture, right? Yeah. بس سلولي يو دو سي شيفت هابنينج يعني عم تشوف في تغيير عم بيصير في وعي شوي اكثر عن العالم في يعني عم نلاحظ انه العالم بلشت تفكر انه او واو يو نو وات اي نيد تو تيك ذات ستيب باك اي نيد تو كريت ان ايمرجنسي فاند اي نيد تو هاف سمثينج يعني سيفد على جنب لا مثل ما بيقولوا خبي قرشك الاسود ليومك الاسود قرشك الابيض ليومك الاسود مضبوط سو اتس اتس ريلي بيكومينج مور اوف ان اويرنس بس وي ار نوت ما عندك نفس level of maturity when it comes to financial literacy مثل ما بتشوفها ب let's say uh, Europe ولا North America يعني بلاد شوي أكثر تعتبر more developed صح صح نحن uh, بنحب نعيش اليوم right? آه, we, like, we like to live for today basically مش بس هيك احنا لما بنعمل عزيمة يمكن نطلب أكل لعشرين واحد بكون جايين خمسة بطبعنا it's it's a good thing Look, I don't mind being generous I kind of I think إذا واحد لازم يكون extreme يا بده يكون generous وكريم وعنده hospitality if you can, you can bring this closer to you if yeah you, let me know if the sound no no it's yeah, just to make yeah, sure yeah. that Okay. ف بس بنفس الوقت برجع بحكي انا هلا الحمد لله مثلا after the age of 30 I started actually properly saving and taking my future seriously بس لما بطلع على اصحاب الي مثلا اللي الفرنسيه والايطاليه والاسبانيه كنا بنفس الكارير باث وهم من اول ما بلشوا حتى لما كانوا عشرتنا قليله يعني somehow they always find a way to save money and to put something aside Um, ونحن يعني او انا شخصيا واصحاب الي كذا وي اولويز فايند ا ونتبعزق ونصرف ونسافر ونطلع ونيجي ف ويتش ليتس ليتس توك اباوت سروا ان هاو لايك ان اب اور ا بلاتفورم لايك سروا كان هيلب ذا يونج مي تو بيكم ا ليل بيت مور سيفينغ كونشس اباوت ذير سيفينغز اند ذا فيوتشر سو تيل مي تيل مي مور سو تيل مي وات سروا از اند تيل اس ا ليل بيت مور اباوت وات يو دو ات سروا جو اهيد Yeah, we can, we can start with the, with the beginning, right? Yeah. I mean, Sarwa was born out of an idea by, we're three partners, right? There's uh, Mark Ujad and myself. Mm-hmm. And Mark Ujad was in Canada. So they were living at the, in Canada at the time. And again, you know, going back to the culture and the financial literacy and the exposure to, to financial services. So they were uh, very exposed to financial services that were advanced. Yeah. From a young age, You, you are given the opportunity to, to save, to invest, to embellish really young. When they talk with family members or friends at home in the country, what do you do with your money? Let's say, you're actually saving money aside. So what do you do with this? 
And a lot of the people here, يعني, two answers. يا إنه قاعدين بالبنك ما عم يعملوا شيء. يا إنه عم نفكر نشتري real estate شقة, uh, you know, بيت. فإت it's always the go-to عنا بالهون إنه what do you do with the money is these two options. صح? Yeah. We don't think about investing. We don't think about long-term planning. ما عنا هالتخطيط لا قدام. So so لاحظوا إنه there is an opportunity and there's a need. Um, so وقتها يزن حكيوني. And they were telling me about the idea that they have to build a robot advisor. I've been here for I've been here for more than 13 years, almost 13 years. Yeah, grew up thing. in Saudi, I lived a little bit in Europe, but then came back here. Uh, and I realized that my immediate family, so I have a sister that was a consultant, she was making good money. But putting her money aside, and she didn't know what to do with it. So I'm yeah. because she was young, you know, consultancy it pays well. Yeah. I have another family member Lishtal for like 40 years and worked hard and then he put money aside. he wanted to invest it, right? So he had that you know, idea. You know, I can grow my money through investment. Yeah. Uh, financial advisors here, none of them took him they found the, the amount that he has mm-hmm. doesn't hit their minimum requirement, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's usually they take high net worth individual, mm. which is like very high sum. What does that usually require as a minimum to pay as a previously? Any previously. Yeah. So I'm talking Oh, wow. Okay. You would find other people that take, but who he had in mind and he wanted to go to specific advisors, mm. and they're like, okay, he didn't ha- hit that minimum requirement. So very quickly realized you know, there's a need in the market, but that had to be able to provide a solution that's affordable, that's easy to use, and that's accessible to We really we're very passionate about that mission because we believe in uh, through through technology you can actually uh, provide a service that you know can help people build for the future yeah yeah and and so how does the technology so generally when my understanding of uh, financial advisors and wealth managers you you pay something up front بتعطيهم شويه مصاري اول شيء بتعطيهم بعدين مصاري كل شهر اللي هي مثلا ممكن تكون whatever 2000 3000 دولار 10000 كل واحد على مقدرته وthey invested for you in different uh, equities bonds real estate gold there are different types of assets صح um, هي الطريقه التقليديه اللي بيشتغلوا فيها هم Uh, how does the technology part play a role in, in Sarwa compared to the traditional version of wealth management and financial advisory? Or the robo, you call it a robo-advisory, right? So we call it robo-advisory, but now we're hybrid, right? So robo, so are you a robo, like do you use, uh, we, we're a hybrid model. So we use technology to basically assess the risk profile about the customers. And then based on that, we use the algorithm to, to recommend the portfolio of investment. Uh, so nehna, in a nutshell, Sarwa is an online financial advisor. Mm. So we use the technology, like you said, to help people invest in international money, mm. uh, international markets. Yeah. Help people invest their money in international <laughs> markets. Yeah, so yeah. How, how do we do that is through technology. But we also have a hybrid model. So you can actually talk to our uh, advisors anytime. So uh, whenever you, you need to talk to someone, we have people available to help you come in and support you whenever is needed. Right. The way we uh, we help people invest is through uh, exchange-traded funds. Okay. ETFs also. ETFs. Yeah. So, what ETFs? They're like mutual funds, mm-hmm. but much more affordable. Mm-hmm. So, it's a basket of securities. Uh, so, they have different class assets. You can actually invest uh, in ETFs, for in stocks, ETFs, uh, bonds, or ETFs, real estate. So, we have REITs, ETFs coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, let's say, let's take an example of a, of a stock ETF, mm. right? One ETF can actually hold within it, تقريباً, uh, 3,000 companies, different companies. So the U.S. stock ETF that we use in our portfolio has in it 3,000 uh, mm. So you have, by buying one ETF, you're exposed to all these companies. Diversifying across all So you're yeah. diversifying, exactly. Right, right. And we want to talk about diversification and why it's really important to diversify. Yeah. 
I'd love to actually because I'm <laughs> I have to say Anna as a trader I I I do like so um now that I'm an entrepreneur I also invest in stocks and crypto and I'm more of a an active trader um who day trades um more than doing long term type of investment mm-hmm. that is diversified and I get the idea right so today when you diversify you minimize your risk and I think it helps manage your wealth um and that's why it's important and i'm yes. going to hear i would love to hear more from you about this بس بنفس الوقت انه خاصه بالماركت اللي احنا فيه هلا يعني it's a parabolic market yes. a lot of growth companies with a lot of these chinese companies doing ipos in the us stock market it almost feels like a loss of opportunity and gains that you could make if you select the five, six companies that you could actually triple or quadruple your money on every year. Of course, you could lose it all as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a professional gambler, obviously. <laughs> um, but clearly, so for a long-term vision, maybe you can tell me more how like diversification and passive investing is a bit a safer option. And yes. yeah, so... I love how you summarize it for me. You're not that job. But basically, it is... Sarwa is rooted in passive investing. What is passive investing? Yeah. It's very simple. It's it's uh, the concept of you're putting your money, you're letting it work for a long term, right? It's yeah. not about active trading. It's not buying in and out. That's not what we do. Yeah. We're about really putting a diversified portfolio of investment. And again, diversification is very important. And let it be. Yeah. So for the long term. Why? Let's take the example of 2020. Beginning yeah. of 2020, there was a market crash. And like the stock market that kept like Fajr dipped, Not coronavirus, yeah. pandemic, no one saw it economy. coming. No one saw it coming. Yeah. There was a big dip in the market. Yeah. But now the market recovered. Now there is market volatility and it is the nature of the market. Yeah. Yani volatility is the nature of the market. But if you look into you zoom out, you mm. look long term. Yes. Okay? Uh, world economy has always historically trended upwards. Yeah. But long term, Yeah, yeah, This is what we focus on. And no, until you start investing now, have a view over 5, 10, 20 years, and it's always going up. Yeah. Short term, no one can predict the short term. Yeah, and I think this is right the the, the thesis of um, of doing long term investing instead of day trading. Yeah, I'm telling you, honestly, I was trading them, and because I traded them, I ended up losing out on all the gains I could have done if I just invested and I waited. If you try to emotionally buy and sell and try to time perfectly the, the top and sell at the top and buy at the bottom, you end up losing half the gains if you just buy it and you wait on it. Yes. So I think this is one learning I had to learn the hard way when I first started trading. Every now and then, I still find myself falling in that trap. Uh, which is why I'm very curious to to kind of think about okay, الواحد لما اليوم عنده portfolio عنده مصاري. What is your advice for somebody? Let's say let's say I'm 35 years old. Okay, I have a certain amount of wealth that I want to um, invest, save. You know, all the money that I have sitting somewhere. How much of that money do you advise uh, somebody like me? To put it in a company like Sarwa or a fund managed by Sarwa, mm-hmm. which is passive mm-hmm. long-term investing, what fund be something else, right? So either buying gold directly or Bitcoin or um, even actively trading or real estate. Do you, do you have advice in that sort, or do you think yeah. generally the idea is you should put all your money in something that is long-term? And any any advice on that sort, or how does it, how does it usually work? Yeah, and we always say don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? So mm-hmm. again, going back to diversification, portfolio not only through the ETFs, so you're diversified across. Again, take the example of the stock, you're diversified across a lot of companies within yeah. the stock market. But we have stocks, we have bonds, we have real estate. Yeah. So you're actually looking into diversification across class assets. So, right. so and no, you're not focused on one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you invested in real estate. Real estate in one specific market. apartment, market So it moves. And it's real estate itself is not liquid. Yeah. Right? Yani, let's say masari hella. The apartment, not because you decided to sell it, is going to sell. Yeah. So it takes time. That's one thing. So, uh, and again, it's all your money is locked into one asset. 
Yeah. When yeah. you actually uh, invest in a diversified portfolio, you actually minimize the risk because she bins al she bitla. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So where do you wait for for the average moderately risky investor? What can I expect? In fact, let me let me pull up the um, I have here your website. Let's see. All right. So I think you're going to talk us through this. Um, okay. So for anybody watching, this is the or anybody listening rather, we're on the Sarwa website. We're going to look at how an example of how it works, right? So um, normally you have a starting amount. يعني أنا بجيكم على سروة بقولكم أنا بدي أحط مثلاً what is that like a hundred thousand dollars, hundred and four. I nice. am either conservative, balanced, or growth. Uh, yes. So this reflects the risk appetite. Exactly. And we have come in ultra conservative, we have ultra growth, so you have a spectrum. Okay. Um, and at the same time, we really wanted investing to be available for everyone. So the minimum to start, so you can start with only $500. All right, let's go with test, this example. Right? $500 starting amount, balanced risk level. And then I'm probably going to put it how much? Let's say another $1,000 a month, for example. Yeah. Monthly amount. So if somebody puts a $500 with a Sarwa today with a balanced risk, so not too risky, but not too risk averse, and a monthly amount of $1,000, um, let's say a long-term view. So in 15 years, um, so that amount would turn into $274,000. That's what we're looking at right now, right? And that's the beauty of compound interest. So now we recommend always, you know, Anytime you have money, put it in. Yeah. Uh, you have to think about an emergency fund first. So tool before you start investing, look into having a safety net that in case something happens, you know, things are so unpredictable, just like the market. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Um, so it's very important to have an amount set aside that in case fees are worst case scenario, you lost your job, yeah. um, a medical emergency, any of mm. uh, the events in life that you can't control, then end up a fund that you can tap into to survive. Mm, mm, mm. That should be separate than your investment. You should not tap into your investment to actually survive an unexpected event. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because you're setting off a sound financial plan that's really been built for the yeah. long term. Right? So I'm actually asking as a potential customer here. Okay? okay. So if I come to you and I say, this is my plan, $10,000 a month, for example, starting with, I don't know, $100,000 to begin with, um, your consultants explain to me that this could be in 10 years, you could turn this into $300,000 based on your risk appetite, whatever the number is. Okay. What if the market does much better than we expect and it turns out to be a parabolic year like this year? Or what if the market crashes and like we don't see the recovery happen for another 20 years? So, what is expected, whether it gets better or it gets worse than your expectations... I'm either going to get luckier or I'm going to... I mean, that's... Okay. But that's that's part of investing in anything in life. Mm. يعني, you cannot guarantee anything. Yeah. And tool we say, if someone comes to you and tells you, give me money and I'm going to guarantee a certain return, yeah. there's a red flag somewhere. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. There is something that's sort of not right. So it's always, when it comes to investing, there are no guarantees. But yeah. what we can say is that we build it on historical data. Mm. And what historical data shows, is that be the history of the stock market and the worst case scenario that happened, which is 1929, so the biggest, the, the, the Great depression, depression, the Great Depression. Yeah. And it was a massive hit for the stock market. The reality is it rebounded in four and a half years, right? Yeah. And if you take deflation and the dividends, reinvestment and all of this, you actually got back your money in four and a half years. Yeah. So that's the worst case scenario that we've seen in recent history since the stock market. Exactly, exactly. Again, no one can predict the market. And that's why active trading, we say, is not the best way to go. You want to have fun. You want to buy crypto or gold or anything that you actually... Chinese Or your friend tells you this is an amazing stock you need to buy. Yeah, it's usually how it works. It's yeah. usually, it's the friend and someone that you know, صح? but we always say, you know, this is money you're gambling with, so it's okay if yeah. you want to take a small amount 
and do that. Yeah, yeah. But do not do that with your savings right. and your life planning. Yeah. That's not the way to go. Yeah, so that makes sense, right? So like basically, الواحد اللي نقول معاه 100,000 دولار يحط مثلا, I don't know, most of that money in something safe and long-term secure, like a Sarwa type of ETF managed fund, with other 30% uh, play around with it. I don't know, gamble uh, uh, with but with stocks that are high growth. <laughs> or is that, yeah, so I was going to ask you, do you think this is too high of an amount to put in high-risk investments? I, I agree. Uh, my personal belief, again, I'm not a financial advisor, Anna, okay, so let's uh, put the disclaimer out there, but we would recommend, let's say, 5%, okay? Okay, in speculative uh, investments. In speculative investment. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, there's so a lot of research guys out there. You can look it up about yeah. active trading and versus passive yeah. and what actually works. Yeah. And the reality is when you're an active trader, you, Yanni, the majority of people tend to sell the good stocks yeah. and buy losing stocks. Yeah. And there is something called behavioral gap. So usually, because we're emotional creatures, we tend to panic sell. So a lot of people we see, with, whenever there's a drop in the market, it's going to drop more, let me sell before it goes even worse and goes more down. And then they sell on the low price. And then they buy what the market is going up and they're like excited, let me buy. So it's always like buy and sell, buy and sell. And you're buying low, uh, you're buying high and you're selling low. And there's a saying, repeat until broke, right? Yeah. So this is what happens for the majority of people. Yeah. Yes, but no, I know because I'm going to buy low. So that's buying the dip. Great. But again, research shows you if you're trying to time the market, it's extremely difficult to get it right. Yeah. research. We looked into the past 30 years. So from 1990 to today, 2020. We looked into different scenarios of people coming in and out of the market, okay? And we compared them to someone who just stayed invested. So Hatta al-Masari in 1990 didn't touch it, yeah. right? And you had financial crisis happening between now and then. It really pays off so much staying invested. Actually, yani one example of someone who bought so he sold out when the market dipped 30 percent and bought when there's a 10 percent recovery the return is around 22 percent less than what would have been if he has stayed in the market yeah and that's only fatrit shahar so that yeah. person went in and out of the market for only one month yeah 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 active trading is actually costly yeah yeah i get it I, I mean, I experienced it firsthand uh, when I started doing early trading, I mean, trading earlier when I first started trading, which was like six, seven years ago. Who, um, I realized that they were managing the, the mental state. If you're going to actually play this game, you're going to have to be able to stomach watching the screen go red for days and, and be like, okay, if anything, buy more as it goes down, average down. But I mean, this is again trading talk, so we're not necessarily, I, don't, I know this is also dangerous. And if uh, the safer option for most people who don't know how to trade, and it's, it is like, by the way, it's scarier than a casino. At least yes. in the casino, when you go and yes. you're, 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 I don't know, playing blackjack or roulette or poker or whatever it is, you know your probability. Whatever. With the stock market, there are so many forces at play yeah. that you have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah. Uh, market makers, brokers, uh, insider trading, That's option true. traders. Uh, if you're trying to beat the market, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get the idea. Uh, and, it's, and I think it's important to teach people patience. You would have made more money than, than 90% of the people who try to trade. Yes, there yes. are some good traders who somehow crack it, somehow, one way or another. But it's also very risky to try to be like one of these people. It's a combination of luck, speculation, and some inside information, right, Yanni? For retail investors, you're not an industry expert. Yeah. Retail investors are always reacting to stale news. Yani. Yeah. Whatever already happened in the background happened. Yeah. By the time Inta, you know about it, it's too late. خلاص, they already locked the price in. Well, so, like, there's a new trend of the Robinhood traders. Yes. And I don't know how much you know about Robinhood as an yeah, app. Of course. Yeah. F- it's our job to know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, there was a time in كنا إجت فترة كنا نطلع على financial statements تبعون الشركات ونطلع على PE ratios وعلى liquidity ratios وعلى الأمور هاي كلياتها. which هلا كلياته هذا كبيب زباله يعني صار في عندك صار في جيل جديد اسمه روبن هود تريدرز اللي على اخبار بس بفوتوا على يوتيوب على تويتر وذي ار كرييتنج ذا هايب ذات ليدز تو ذا برايس فلكتشويشن اند ذا فولاتيليتي ان ذا ماركت ف 
it's too many forces at play it's just way too unpredictable um but but the the point so i'm i'm all up for passive investing for the reasons that we described but the سؤال هو انه And when you invest in an index, you're investing in all the companies within that index. The winners, the losers. Um, there are a couple of funds that are, for example, at least trying to identify the losers, which I think is an easier thing to do than to identify the winners. And so if you clean out the losers out of an index, what you end up having is a higher return over all the index. Because the losers are the gainers, the winners, and the moderate ones. You know, five, six, seven, eight percent a year is relatively low. And if you come talk to me about making seven percent a year, it doesn't quench my thirst. So do you have risky or funds or solutions that are for somebody that's looking to make 15, 20, 25% a year by eliminating losers out of the fund? Or have you ever thought about other offerings within Sarwa that are not... too balanced and a little bit more for the risk, uh, somebody with a higher risk appetite. So we do. We have the ultra growth. And again, it depends on the year, right? Yani if you look into last year, it was an amazing year, but then yeah. it balances out ultimately. And that's why, again, long term, then 7-8% is actually a good percentage, right? Yeah. Because we're talking about minimizing risk. Yani yeah. I'm talking about your retirement planning, about your family, yeah. your kids' education. You know, you're talking about what you're going to do. Um, so you have to make, more or less make it balanced. But we do have ultra growth portfolios that can give you, again, now we don't like to guarantee any. Yeah, any okay. what's the estimation on that one, for example? But again, it could go up to 20. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't take my word for it. But sure. again, what we always say, ultimately it boils down to having a diversified portfolio. Yeah. to ensure that good balance yeah right? fair fair that makes a lot of sense was a واحد مثلا شرى او he got into sarwa um, at the bottom of the uh, so at march 2022 2020 okay. just six months ago okay. at the best time to buy in uh, that person by now would have made something like 50 60% if they just bought the s&p or the dow right um Do you Again, guys... we're, going, we're going back to active trading here <laughs> no 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 so actually we're not so passive for me my understanding is uh, So S&P 500 is an index that reflects the overall stock true, market. It's, true. it's actually one of the ETFs that's out there. Sah, um, and, it is. Uh, and so it c- includes all the different stocks or more or less, more or less all the stocks that, that uh, are active on uh, in the New York Stock Exchange. Um, even if you look at the Dow Industrial, even if you look at NASDAQ, which is mostly tech, uh, you know, any index for, for, for that reflects the market today since the bottom of this year has grown up around, has grown around 60% this year alone. فإذا أنا اليوم حطيت مصاري بمارش 2020 بسروة وإحنا اليوم بأكتوبر قلت خلاص I want to get out would I make 60% assuming I invested in one of those ETFs through سروة؟ Again like I said نحنا it's a, the portfolio is diversified so by diversified I mean we come in and bonds so it's not purely stocks Okay huh? so you don't have one index that's only stocks it's always mixed within other bonds and other assets basically right? To answer Anjad fully transparently the question, on our website, you have all our portfolios okay. from the ultra-conservative to the ultra-gross. What, yeah. what, what are the ETFs in them? Yeah. What are the percentages yeah. uh, of these ETFs in that portfolio? Okay. We have a historical performance page that shows you also the historical performance yeah. of the portfolios um, going back uh, a year, five years, eight years, and so on. Yeah. So you can have... The full view yeah, of yeah. everything through the website. Okay. So whether it's on our homepage yeah. or on the FAQ page. So you just like type anything you're interested in knowing and you'll have all the information. But if you want, I can give you an idea of, let's say, they're asking me about... And Actually, I guess my question more generally is, what do I do as a... What, what are the... features that I get as a user if I have a Sarwa account. And if I started an account... That's a good question. Yeah, you advise me on what is the best um, investment strategy for my risk appetite and my um, the amount I want to invest to Kaza Kaza. But then, there's a login profile, user profile. I log in and what can I do after I've invested the money? Can I buy, sell, or do I just track the performance of my fund So what are the features that I get? What's the user journey for somebody who's using the tech platform, which is Sarwa, basically? Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, again, passive investing. <laughs> passive <laughs> so, investing, yeah. So what do I get to do? Yeah. So what you do is you answer the questions. So we have a survey to assess your risk profile mm -hmm. and your goals, right? Your financial goals. What are you actually investing for? Whether it's uh, buying a house, whether it's uh, you want to get your master's and so on, right? So what are the goals and what's the timeline you're looking to invest for? Based on that, we would recommend a portfolio to reflect exactly that. Yani, give you an example. You want the money in one year, but like, okay, don't go uh, crazy risky because in one year you don't know what's going to happen. So go a bit more conservative, right? So it all balances out. Um, and again, the way we build our portfolios is not purely just diversification, but correlation of the ETFs. Mm. So you need to make sure... Yani, Diversification is a term that's being used very loosely. Uh, ultimately, it's you have to have proper diversification. Mm. Uh, Yazan, we did an amazing webinar with our head of portfolio construction. So Dr. Jiro, who's a PhD, MIT in financial economics, and he went through and judged in so much details about how you want to think about diversification based on academic research and historical data and everything and shows really the importance of properly diversifying. It's not about that. It's the hedging that goes on between them. It's the hedging. It's it's uh, looking into liquidity, volume, uh, covariance, all of this. Yani, fee, fee research behind it. Yeah, yeah. So, again, like uh, I'm looking into our portfolio that's the growth portfolio. So in the growth portfolio, which more or less we have in all our portfolios, Andak, you have global bonds and mm -hmm. you have uh, U.S. So Andak, the global bonds or U.S. bonds. So yeah. that's from a bonds perspective. So you're covered in all markets in bonds, yeah. right? And then Andak real estate. So REIT, that's an ETF. Right. So you're covered in that class as yeah. too. And then Andak is stock market. You have access to the U.S. ETF and the global. So you're covered Kamen Horn and Horn. And we're talking about developed and developing and emerging markets. Mm. So we covered the cross, but we choose the ETFs based on the correlation. Right, right. Okay. And so after you give me the advice of which investment strategy best fits my profile and my needs, I make the investment, I start. I commit to a monthly payment. You don't commit to anything. Uh, so there is no monthly payment. Be, there is uh, no monthly payment. Okay. We want it, again, to make it very accessible and very simple and easy. So the whole, first, the whole process is done online, right? Mm -hmm. So again, Yanni, if you take traditional financial advisor, you have to go meet face-to-face. -face, you have to sign documents. You have to... Uh, there's a lot of like person-to-person. -person. That we removed. So everything is done online. Mm -hmm. We do facial recognition. We upload the documents. You upload the documents online. Mm -hmm. You uh, e-sign. It's all done through the platform. It takes a few minutes. Okay. Uh, so from there on, as a user, the, the, I don't interact with the tech platform other than to track the... So do I get to track what's happening with yes. my money? Uh, so okay. once you actually fund your account, yeah. so you open an account, Mana, once you fund that account, mm. uh, you have your own dashboard. Okay. So you see what's happening within your investments. You can track it. You can see how... It's really very detailed, very transparent. So yeah. again, now. We're all about transparency yeah. because that's something extremely important. We have a common friend, Talal Kaman. Talal Tabba. Talal Tabba. So My first actually, guest on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And we actually interviewed him, Kaman. Now we have a section called My Sarwa Story. Okay. Where we cover, you know, people uh, that had an unconventional journey to success. Yeah. And we were talking Mao about his journey in investment. Yeah. And then he can tell you all about being locked into really bad plans where you don't even know the fees that you're paying. Yeah. This is something, for, so we have a lock-in period, so you can come in and out, no fees, anytime, right? Okay. So mafi opening fee, mafi closing fee. Okay. We don't have trading fee. So when we actually buy and sell... Like commissions, you mean? There is no yeah. commission. Yeah. Um, we, uh, again, it's extreme, the pricing is extremely transparent. We have a pricing page that yeah. details everything. Yeah. What you get for that, for that advisory fee. Uh, we do uh, dividend reinvestment right away. We do rebalancing for you. So we help you manage your portfolio. Mm. And like we said, we ha you have access to your dashboard and everything is very clear, very transparent. Yeah. And so as I, as I observe my dashboard, I can uh, watch my wealth grow and understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. I could, so can I at any point panic sell if I start to see the market <laughs> crash? And this is not active invest trading. This is not, the idea yeah, is not to sell and then buy again. But if can, if somebody looks at their money on a, on one bad week or so and like realizes they lost 10% of their mm -hmm. wealth, mm -hmm. 
is there an option to like click sell or is this do I call how or is it just for the purpose of observing what's happening and how active can the user be with their portfolio throughout the app or it's your money yeah. right it's you you have the right to actually take your money yeah yeah but our job is to be here as a buffer mm. so if you want to withdraw yeah uh, you can easily do it through the dashboard yeah But we would tell you, can you give us a reason why you're doing that? Mm. To understand if it's panic, then talk to us yeah. because that's not the right approach. Yeah. But if you need the money because you need the money, then you're different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. entitled to have your money. I'm saying the, um, the, the idea of having monthly installments works for somebody like me is because it, it allows me to commit to saving part of my money um, every uh, month as opposed yeah. to like putting it in a savings account and then get to dip into it and save it and then spend it basically. Um, so who are who would you consider to be your competitors in today's market? So you have the classic financial advisors and are, are there any other apps that uh, you're competing with and how are you better than them or what sets you apart? It really changed. So ever since we launched Sarwa, We've been in the market for around three years now. So we launched the, the platform in February 2018. And it, the landscape changed, right? So when we started, I would say our main competitor was real estate developers. Because mm. people had money, they wanted to invest. That's where they put the money. Today, it's a very different landscape. So the, the, the ecosystem changed completely. And now what you see as... Competitors, you have either the trading platform, as you mentioned, so I say the likes of Robinhood and eToro, which we really think, again, can be extremely harmful, especially to a younger generation that doesn't really know how to invest because we do not have the financial literacy installed in us in schools or university. This is not part of the curriculum that we have, which should be, by the way. Yeah. But you also have, you know, the likes of the traditional financial advisors, um, You have, there are some direct competitors that are coming into the market too. But the way we, we see it is it's good because it's educating the market on, even if there are other robo-advisors, on the right way to do it. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. And now that we're looking at the market, uh, where we're we heading, do you, go, do you sit and talk with your co-founders um, and your team about uh, where the market is heading and how that affects your investment strategy at all? Like, it's clearly been a parabolic market, uh, a lot of stimulus, a lot of money being printed by the U.S. government, as I'm sure you know. Um, so there are two schools of thought that the market is going to be going, going to keep growing like crazy. Or others are think, saying it's going to crash soon and, and uh, because you can never go that high without eventually going down. Any particular thoughts on this or do you simply stay with the, you know, stay the course? You just like, okay, whatever happens, we don't care. We're gonna, we're a long-term view. Do you ever think about it? And do you ever think about like potentially including any of the inverse indices? Like there are some inverse yeah. ETFs that are shorting the stocks. Do mm -hmm. you ever go there mm -hmm. or you don't even bother? So funny enough, we had a webinar about this specifically. Oh, <laughs> so, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, really, like go to our YouTube channel and we actually have a page on market volatility on the website. So if you go on the website under discover, there's a page on market volatility. You'd see a few webinars that we've done on the subject. So Sarwa slash discover volatility. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. I'm going to check. And we have a webinar. Do you know Andrew Halam? Never heard Halam. of him. I always say Halam, but it's actually... So he's very well-known here in the community. Uh, he's an author, very renowned international author about, uh, again, passive investing. And he has a few books. One of them is Millionaire... Uh, Expat, expat, expat millionaire. Right? Okay. So basically, he uh, talks to specifically expat communities around the world. So he was in Singapore and he comes often to Dubai and he does all these beautiful, beautiful workshops where he tells you how to think about investing and what's the way, best way to approach it. Um, so we've done a webinar with him and he explained exactly, you know, about the, first the difference between the economy and the stock market. And yes, there's a, they're like, There is a relationship, but it's yeah. like distant cousins more than siblings, siblings. and twins, right? <laughs> That's a good so analogy. they don't go really hand yeah. in hand. Um, but we looked into it in depth. And the reality is, as a team, you're asking me as a team, do we sit and look into that? We do. Yeah. We also have something called market snack. So every month we look into the market, we discuss what the market, you know, uh, what happened in the market, why, and so on. It's very, we try to be as unbiased as possible. So it's very factual. Uh, but we do look into what's happening because it's important to know. However, as in, you very well summarized it, it's about staying the course. Yeah. 
يعني في كثير عالم كانوا يسالونا انه وي ار ليفينج ان انبريسيدنتد تايمز ذا رياليتي از وي ار نوت ات از ا فيري انيوجوال ايفنت واتس هابينينج نو وان كان ريلي بريدكت ذا اوتكم بس ذا رياليتي از ذا ماركت هاز اولويز هاد whether it's the great depression whether it's the world war 2 whether it's the crash of 2008 Uh, the right hedging strategy. How much do you guys talk about gold and Bitcoin as a possible, uh, do you include it in your investment thesis or is it way too speculative? Maybe maybe gold and Bitcoin should be separated in this question. Sure. So do you think, do you consider gold, gold at all? Do you consider Bitcoin at all? Or is it neither one of them? We don't, we, again, we recommend if you want to actually invest in them, do that, but do with a small amount. Gold yeah. is, again, is about hedging against inflation, but it's not an investment per se. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin is extremely speculative. So, again, like you said, it's very different. But, yeah, we, yeah. we always say if you want to invest into it, do it, but don't do it with your savings. Okay, cool, cool. That makes sense. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about your team, about Sarwa. Um, I have here basically a page of your hmm. team. So your two co-founders, Mark and Jad. Yes. Um, tell us, tell me a little bit more about how did you start working? Uh, how did they find you? How did you guys start working together? What's it like working in a startup environment in the IFC? So take it away. Again, going back into the small community. So I actually know Mark and Jad through my sister. She's okay. the one who introduced us. As I told you before, it, so we were, they were thinking about launching this hybrid robo advisor, but they were both living in Canada. They didn't really understand much the market here and how the response would be yeah i've been here for a long time and i've at the time i had just left uh dubai tourism so i was working at dcm here with the government of dubai and one of my main roles was to look into basically um part of the job that we had is to position dubai internationally as a as a retail center uh and looking a lot into market research and understanding the market and analysis and segmentation and so on So they reach out, they were talking to my sister, who's a very close friend, and then they asked her, do you know anyone that can help us with the market research? She said, talk to my sister. So they reach out, and I was helping them just to kind of understand, get a little bit of a sense of what's happening. And then what happened is they heard about an accelerator in the, in the IFC, yeah. the FinTech Hive at the IFC. Yeah, yeah. And they got very excited. Mark was working at Accenture. Accenture was one of the partners here. So they actually submitted their application and they told them if we're accepted, we're going to quit our jobs in Canada, we're going to come here. Yeah. Which happened. So they came here <laughs> out of nowhere. And as soon as they, re they reached Dubai, they got in touch and then we were sitting together and discussing again. And they're like, you know what, Nadine, how about you join us? And because I've been working, so we started actually talking about it a year before. So the more I got exposed to the idea, the more I fell in love with it. And yeah. I'm like, this is definitely something that we need to have here. Yeah. And as soon as they said that, I, I didn't hesitate. Like, Let's do it. Yeah, is it. Does it come from the same place that I was mentioning to you earlier, which is that, you know, you, you realize more and more how people are not managing their money in Dubai very well. They find ways to spend that money really quickly. Yeah. Unfortunately, some of the people who lost their jobs, you know, the save the leeway for savings and, you know, that has been saved to, to keep them afloat. Yeah. Um, it's much less than you would have expected for somebody Fortunately, after the age of 30, and I'm 35 now, I managed to become more conscious. But uh, it's a great noble mission when you say, like, I want to teach people to how to manage their wealth. So, yeah. it's, it's an amazing uh, reason to, to start a company, I think. Thank you. Yeah, 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 Thank absolutely. And then basically what I noticed about uh, your profile when I was checking your LinkedIn, you know, you, you, this is their first startup experience. 
Uh, I think my dog is growling behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not the Vita cat. is having a nightmare. Um, so uh, most people I know who are curious or who are, who are keen to get into the startup world um, who have had a prof- who had their entire career in the professional uh, path, either working for a company or in consulting or one of those mm-hmm. things. Uh, hey, boy, how's it going? Um, they 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 are hesitant. They're scared to get into the startup world because of the fact that uh, you know it's a riskier veto. Come here, boy. Sorry, people are listening. Um, they, they're a bit risky. They're they're scared to get into the startup world because it's a riskier place. Mm. But it's of course the much more gratifying place to work. And and so, إيش الشغلات اللي خلتك أنت تقولي أوكي هلا حترك my professional career path which is much more uh, stable and it's not as risky. وأفوت على startup world. So what have you, what is what what did you tell yourself to make that move and do it with the sufficient amount of courage that it takes to actually go ahead and make that move? I I think it was. A culture I grew up in. Mm. Um, it's not my first business, so I've had a business before. Oh, okay. But and I, I think I grew up in a household that has always encouraged uh, entrepreneurial spirit uh, and business ownership. So my dad has always told us, "You have to work for yourself," and it was a mentality that I really grew up in. Uh, we all, like me and my siblings, we started working with my dad in the family business from a very young age. So I started around 13, 14, like he would take us to the office. And I'm not saying like working, like literally working. He would give me his accounts and I would handle the accounts. Same. Uh, I'll tell you my story, but go on, continue. <laughs> he would give me like contracts, very detailed contract review and talk to the lawyers and make sure you know everything. So I grew up in a household where it was always about being exposed to the reality of the business world and being fascinated by it. So it was, it was a second nature, to be honest. But at the same time, I realized that I needed experience from the corporate world to be able to also know how to improve my skills, right? So so I've always worked. I went to AUB and I was working in AUB. So it was a student merit. I was working with the Office of Development while studying. Uh, I went to Italy. So after AUB, I went and did my second degree. So in Italy, I was studying and working. Where in Italy? Uh, Florence. Okay. And then I went to Paris. Same thing. I was studying and working. I've never... To me, work was always a second nature. I might be a bit of a workaholic, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, so that's something I'm learning to balance. Uh, but then I came back to Beirut, started working uh, in a big... So at the time, I was focused on fashion and fashion management. Yeah. So I was working in a big couture house, uh, after which I decided, okay, you know what? Now I learned what I needed to learn. I can launch my own business. So I started. Unfortunately, Lebanon being Lebanon, there was a lot of... You know, political uncertainty, <laughs> let's put it this way. Ultimately, this is when we moved here, my husband and What I. was the business you started? So I had my fashion house okay. in, in Beirut. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was doing really well. And then ultimately there was uh, the war of 2006 that happened. And this is actually when I met my husband. And when we decided to get married, we said we needed to start a life together that's a little bit far from Beirut, uh, the unfortunate reality. It makes me sad to say. Yeah. This is when we came here. And then for the longest time, I started going back and forth and back and forth. But then I had my first child, made it a bit more inconvenient to travel. So I was going every single week to Lebanon. So uh, three, four days unique, three, four days home. So ultimately, I decided, okay, I need to let go. And at the time, e-commerce wasn't an option, right? It wasn't even like, really known so it was uh, brick and mortar and you had to be present so i had to shut down the business and focus here yeah 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 i mean first of all the fact that you're a mother how uh, how many kids do you have i have three you have three kids yeah. mashallah wow <laughs> you trouble basic <laughs> thank you um it's incredible i have to say being a mother is a full-time job as we all know um i recently had a uh, an amazing uh, uh, lady on the show. Her name is Lulu. She is a mother as well. Lulu Khazan, do you know who she is? Yeah. 
You know Lulu? I, I don't know her personally. Well, you know of her? Yes. So is it, the dog's going to walk around. No, it's uh, entertaining. I think he smells the cat on you. I know. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you need to go right. to your bed, my boy. It's enough now. He's going to be around. Um, so she's also a mother and she's an entrepreneur and she has her own podcast. And we had a chat recently about what it means to be a mother mm-hmm. and also an entrepreneur and uh, how challenging that can be or at the same time you know one of the perspectives that i found from lulu that was very refreshing is how you can actually be a mother uh, and and that sort of allows you um to to become even better at multitasking as women because i think women are better multitaskers than men to begin with and then somehow uh, she was kind of sharing the insight of like you know what you can actually do stuff, start your podcast, start a business, be a mother. How are you able to manage those two professions? I guess one is an actual profession, the other one is being a mother. Is it as challenging as as, as it, it sounds or do you find hacks and tricks to make it work? I think each one of us has their own hacks and tricks, right? Yeah. And to me, it's amazing. The, the more you take on, the more you're able to manage, right? Yeah. So when I had my first child, I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to... Then the second child came, like, oh, having one is so easy. And then the third came, like, having two is so easy. But then you keep, like, building on that. But at the same time, it's really about having a support system around you. You know my husband, and to be fully transparent, we have a 50-50 partnership. Like, he is extremely involved with the kids, Uh, we have an understanding that, you know what, we decided to have kids together. So it's a shared responsibility. And yeah. whatever we do, I drop them off in the morning. He picks them up. If he drops them off, I pick them up. Mm. If he does the English homework, I do the French and Arabic homework. So we split the responsibilities and he works, I work. So it's, yeah. I, I think having that support system around you. The balance, right? The balance. I Netflix of the, it's a series called Explained. You know what that series is on Explained, on, on Netflix? They talk about different topics and one of them was the gender pay gap. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, why do you even have a gender pay gap? And then this show explains, which ultimately it comes down to one thing, which is when parenthood, when you're in parenthood, uh, the responsibility by default is on the woman to take care of the chores of the house and the kids. That's why it leads to men having um, access to a better career opportunity mm-hmm. and promotions and so on. So really all it takes is if, if that's the problem, if that's the reason, if ultimately that's the reason why there is a gender pay gap and why women have li- limited career opportunities compared to men, all you got to do is balance it out. Have the man spend more time at home with the kids just as much as the woman. And this means that both have the opportunity to be driven and and go out and, and get the professional gratific- work, that any the, the satisfaction that they need to get um, and to achieve and start a company or get a promotion. Uh, so it's amazing that you have Mo Halabi. Uh, he's one of the... Shout out. Yeah, shout out to Mo, <laughs> by the way. Mo and I got to meet uh, at the last party we had for Kyo Collective, the company that we have, which is for ex-consultants. Uh, he seems like a lovely guy. I can't wait to meet him again. I only met him one time. Um, but you're, but it's amazing that you're, you're mentioning a demo him to have the kind of the, the, the balance and the right structure that allows you as a mother to also have a professional life because he's contributing as well for the kids yes. in the house, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, Yazan, Yani, I've been on many panels and discussed uh, the gaps and what are the reasons behind the gaps. So because I've been, the reason I'm mentioning panels is because every time before I go on a panel, I actually look more in depth into the subject because I really want to understand. Uh, there are a lot of reasons, right? So one of them is like you mentioned, but that's really the, the upper layer, I would say, because at the bottom of it, there's a lot of the values ingrained in us as a society, as women, as men, what is the role? What is the stereotype? Of course, there is also some the intuition that comes in us as women. And not all women, by the way, want to be mothers. That's an option. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, for some reason, when we become mothers, we do take on more. Okay? Yeah. And it is part of what happens, the hormones that kick in. Uh, but there's so much education to be done mm. on what women can do and can achieve and how society can support them and how corporates can help them and what you can do in terms of 
mentorship, in terms of uh, programs in place, whether it's the workplace or, or university level or school level or as parents, you know, teaching our kids. So I had a little, I have a girl. Mm-hmm. And, What's uh, her name? Masa. Okay. And so she has two older brothers. Uh, and it's extremely important for me to show her, Mama, you're capable of anything, Yanni. It's not because they're boys, they can do things that you can't do yeah. within the limit, of course. But at the same time, I want her to feel like we are supporting her. She's four. So it's not like, yeah, but it's important like at that decisions. age. No, but you're doing all the right things to tell her at that age. Um, it is. It is yeah. extremely important. And I'm hoping that by being that role model to her, maybe that also sets an example. And as an entrepreneur now that you're in the startup world, and actually also as a professional who was in the corporate world before you started moving into the startup world, do you feel like uh, as a woman uh, you experienced a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Growling dog upstairs. <laughs> he goes with these fits. Um, do you feel like you've um, had um, uh, moments as a woman where you experienced prejudice in the workforce, either from men who are investors or other people in the community? Or do you feel like um, not so much, at least not in Dubai? Any thoughts on that? Hmm. It's a very good question. Um, I'm not going to lie and say no. Yes, of course. Right? Uh, it all boils down to the fact that we have unconscious bias. Some bias is very conscious, don't get me wrong. Most of it is unconscious. And most of it comes from affinity, right? So if you're sitting with a bunch of people, but then somehow you connect, because it's easier to connect, let's say you have, you went to the same university, then you have this common points that you can easily discuss, then it's easier for you to connect with someone who went to a completely different country and a different university. Same goes for gender. Like when you have men sitting together, they connect on a certain level. Women maybe find it hard to actually come in. Um, Same for if you reverse it, I would imagine it would be very similar. But the fact is in the workforce, the majority is men. The higher you go up in management, less women. Right, you don't find as many women, and again, this is like there's a lot of data about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is where it becomes a vicious cycle because you would bring in more men because again, this is the culture, and there's not a lot of women, so women don't really necessarily have the biggest say. So again, it becomes you know very it, yeah. it cascades down. Yeah. Um, have I faced it? Few times I did. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but it's it's not it it's is not gender specific, but it's also minority specific. Right. So whatever the minority that sits around that table is, then you would have that feeling. Yeah. Uh, but I also had a lot of support from amazing men that were very aware of what was going on. Yeah. And, and I think it's really like, important to be honest. Like, you know, I think if it's not for men who start to uh, help uh, women. Uh, in in this uh, in setting that impression and standing up for other men who are showing the kind of prejudice that is destructive, then it wouldn't. It's not going to move. I mean, I think we need to have more men as long along with women, but more men to stand up for any prejudice that we see around in the workforce. Um, and I have three sisters uh, and a mother, uh, no brothers. They're all working. Uh, they're all other entrepreneurs or very successful in depression careers. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm all up for empowering, uh, you know. I, I think that we as men have to play a role in, like, calling out any other men who would uh, say things like, for example, uh, you know, do you really want to hire a woman for this role? I and mean, they're never going to say it in these blunt words. No, sometimes they will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I think يعني في انطباع خود إنه أظن الفكرة هي إنه إذا حن if we're gonna hire a woman, we're gonna have to accommodate for the fact that she's a yes. woman and a mother. Yes. And and that's the unfortunate reality that uh, these men have to realize that uh, you know, first of all, actually, I think the solution to this problem, in my opinion, is that. Um, the, ex- the expectation should not be that the woman is going to take care of her kids and her house on her own. She's going to have a husband or a partner exactly. and, and they're going to do this together. So if you hire her husband, it's going to be the same. It shouldn't yes. be that, you know, yes. I'm going to hire Nadine. It means that I'm going to get her for half the hours that I would normally get Mo if I was to yeah. hire Mo. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it is a conversation I've actually had with my husband where I was telling him in one of um, a certain setup uh, where there was a discussion about hiring someone so in my previous jobs, um, and she was a mom, and they're like, but, you know, she's a mom. 
And I told them, okay, but would you ever question a dad? Like, do you, is that a question you ask someone when you interview? So how are you going to handle when you're interviewing a man? How are you going to handle family and work? Yeah. It's never a question you, you get asked as a man. I'm hoping, I don't know. No, we don't. You're but right. we don't. Yeah, we don't. But women, we do get uh, that question. I've gotten that question many times. Best come in at the same time. I don't think, yeah, throughout history, currently we are best positioned as women. Yeah to to make change happen so yeah. it's it's also there is a positive aspect to it but there's still a lot of work to be done 100 but i'm glad that uh you know somebody like you like lulu uh, had her last time uh you know and i'm sure there are many many more uh women who are managing to 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 set the right example of what it means to be a mother and a um a successfully professional entrepreneur or professional executive um and and it's, so it's really great to have you here on the show um <laughs> and uh, i'd love to see you again uh, i can't wait to see more again and, and we should probably uh, do that uh, socially outside of the podcast um and i want to say for anybody who's listening um as far as sarwa is concerned if anybody has any questions they can go on the website sarwa.com s-a-r-w-a dot co s-a-r-w-a dot co uh get in touch with with one of your team members Absolutely. to find out more. I think we should all, as um, uh, professionals living in Dubai, but also you guys serve professionals or anybody who's outside of Dubai as well or, or the UAE, so Jordan, Lebanon. You, you serve customers across the world or across the region? Is there a specific... Our focus is on the region. And currently the, the core segment is the UAE. So this is where we're focusing, but we do take from... Okay, yeah. So if you, if you don't want to be the foolish me that <laughs> I was when I was 25, 26, and you want to start saving your money and watching it grow, um, uh, look up Sarwa, get in touch with somebody at the team members yes. at Sarwa. Yes. And uh, Nadine, I want to thank you for coming. It's been great having you. My and um, I look forward to having you again. And that's a wrap. Thank you, Yazan. <laughs>